Hey there, guys. Welcome to the No Season 2 podcast. You know who I am. I'm George. I'm here with Megan. We're doing episode four of my so-called live titled Father Figures, original air date, September 15th, 1994. Before we get into all that good stuff about the episode, and there's a lot of things to talk about in this episode, whether we liked it, whether we not, we didn't <laughs> like it. But uh, before we get into any of that, Megan, how are we doing? I'm doing good. It's a three-day weekend, so this is second Saturday. So all that. right, all right. I met up with some former co on Friday and told them about this podcast and they were excited. So it's real now. <laughs> yeah, we, we got we to do things because people ask me all the time, when's the podcast coming out? When's the podcast yes. coming out? Yeah. It's like, it'll come in. It's going to be there. We just want to have like a backlog of episodes. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I, I'm good. It's like, I don't have to do anything tomorrow. So I think nice. I'm going to... I think I'm going to go like either hit some softballs, play some basketball. In the something. park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, uh, I don't do anything during outside ever because I'm either bartending or I'm doing yeah. shows or I'm going to shows. And my day activities are like are sitting in the house looking at my cat listening to records. But <laughs> tomorrow I have nowhere to be. So I might actually go outside and do stuff. I want to see this a- basketball game, <laughs> this pickup basketball game. <laughs> I guess still kind of hoop. I mean, I don't, I don't move very well. Are you going to show up in jeans? And like I a, would love to show choker, up in jeans. Like, I would love to show up in that gym class. Yeah, I would love to do all that stuff. But unfortunately, I can't. And I do have to wear shorts on the, on the basketball court. That'd be ridiculous. <laughs> Oddly enough, the last time I played like competitive basketball, I played some teenagers and one of them was wearing jeans. So, mm. yeah, but I'm it's, all, it's, I'm it's a weird vibe so. when teenagers yeah. would show up to the gym and like Doc Martens on jeans and go on a treadmill. I just realized what I want to ask before we get into the episode. Did you see any Taylor Swift highlights from anybody, you know, because I, I know a lot of people that went to the concert this weekend that I know personally. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't care. So, okay. All right. Fair <laughs> not enough. A, fair not enough. like a big girl, do you? But I'm not doing it. I don't care enough. <laughs> don't care enough about Taylor Swift? No, I don't. She's got plenty of other people to care about her. She doesn't need, she doesn't need me. <laughs> so, yeah. I've unfortunately had my fair share of Taylor Swift content thrust mm. upon me. So, anyway, Taylor Swift was in New York this weekend. I think she plays again tonight. She's in New go, Jersey we, at MetLife. New Jersey, yes. It's in MetLife, yeah. If you want to shell out $1,500, we, we can go to the concert tonight. Pass. Yeah. Well, the podcast had come out already. We, we would have enough money to see Taylor Swift yeah. tonight in, in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But until then, we're going to keep plugging along. It's a good segue into our episode, which is episode four of My So-Called Life, Father Figures. Megan, take it away with the synopsis. All right. I wrote it down. Uh, so good. I'm going to be reading from this. We all know that Patty runs her father's printing business. And in this episode, it is being audited by the IRS. Her dad won't listen to anything she has to say, even though he's the reason that they're being audited, because I'm pretty sure he's kind of defrauding the company or cooking the books on, Correct. His, on his gas mileage for taking, mm-hmm. taking road trips. Mm-hmm. Parallel storyline is Graham has Grateful Dead tickets, but he has been told that he can't go because Patty needs him at the meeting with the IRS. The -hmm. fact that she kind of had to like tell him that he couldn't go and he couldn't come to that on his own is typical Graham. Um, So he gives the tickets to Angela and Rayanne. And Rayanne's super excited because her mom was a wharf rat, which I had to Google. Mm -hmm. A groupie who 
is not into drugs or alcohol, which didn't really seem like Rayanne's mom, but sure. okay. Angela's kind of, I'm with Angela on this one. I was kind of like not into it. She's not into it. And I think she's still a little unnerved about seeing her dad with another woman because there's a lot of vo- voiceovers about losing trust and mm-hmm. from the person that you trust the most, which I guess it's her dad. So she trusts him the most, but I'm like, no girl, you've got to find someone else you can trust. So she scalps the tickets at the suggestion of Jordan Catalano. I'm not sure when he got into this business, but there we are. Rand's obviously pissed and they sort of a minor falling out over this. Rand kind of doesn't want to speak to her. Ricky sees both sides of it. He's both siding. This. Mm-hmm. Patty tells Graham, I can't believe you gave Angela these tickets. It's a school night, blah, blah, blah. So Graham was supposed to tell her that she can't go, but he obviously forgets about it because he's Graham. And then he finally remembers the night of the concert and then Angela basically pretends to go to the concert, even though she scalped the tickets because she hasn't told her dad and hides out in Brian Krakow's family's car in his driveway. Mm-hmm. And then Graham ends up seeing her and Brian together. He shines a flashlight off as they're standing in his driveway. And then he starts giving Angela the silent treatment. Like he's mm-hmm. has the emotional capacity of a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Angela ends up making up with Rianne in the school bathroom. And at the end of the episode, Graham and Angela sort of make up while he's pretending to fix the gutter above their house. And he's asking her about what kind of music she likes. So obviously there's a lot more to the episode, but this is more of the plot points, the better parts of the episode, which I wasn't. This was a clunker for me. This was a clunker for you? Yeah, I wasn't into it. <laughs> Every person sucked. They, they did. I was not a fan of the episode going into it because to me, the focus should be the kids and what's going on in their day-to-day lives. I don't really care about the parents. Mm-hmm. There was already a TV show about parents and it was called 30-something. <laughs> but it's great about the same people. This yeah. is a TV show about kids. But at, after I watching it the second time, which I watched this morning, it actually got better. Um, I still don't think the episode's great. But what I did like was I like the fact that they're furthering the storyline about whether or not she trusts her dad. Mm-hmm. They bring up something that I hadn't brought up in three episodes, which is her seeing him talking to a very, very young girl. Granted, she not know what they're talking about. Yeah. I thought the more damning thing she could have brought up, she didn't bring up, was the fact that she overheard a yeah, the phone call was much her, worse. Yeah, which which is which is way worse. But I mean, again, it was like it's a TV show and there are some flaws. We do get introduced to a couple new characters, which I want to bring up for a quick second. We get to meet Patty's dad. Does he have a name? His name is Chuck Wood. He sucks. He's played by Paul Dooley. 16 Candles. Yes. Wasn't a great dad in that. Not a great not dad, dad in this. <laughs> not a great dad in 16 Candles. Also not a great movie, but a little fun fact about Paul Dooley. He's 95. He's still with us. His wife, uh, who they've been married to for quite some time, played the guidance counselor in this episode. In this episode. And this episode plays the guidance counselor, Mrs. K, who comes mm-hmm. in into the classroom. And that, oddly enough, is Winnie Holzman. Okay. The creator <laughs> of the TV show. I was confused for a second because I did look at the IMDb page and I was like, I guess I didn't go further down that rabbit hole that you went down. Oh, I, I, I went down <laughs> several rabbit holes. There's going to be a lot lot going on. I'm done packed with this episode as far, as far as the Grateful Dead goes. Which that was kind of interesting anyway, that Winnie Holzman, the creator of the show, her husband plays Patty's dad. So they did take my advice and fire that other guidance counselor from the last episode. Brutal. Because brutal, brutal. I, she was the worst. Yeah, they, I think they saw that. It was like, yeah, it's probably not going to age well. <laughs> the episode it just starts off a very interesting way to tell a story. They show the young Angela waiting for her dad to come home. And uh, I found it to be kind of interesting because it's like father figures, mm-hmm. fathers and daughters. Is, I guess they're the relationship uh, when they're young, as they get older. I thought that was an interesting way to tell a story. Again, I thought that part was that that was better than I thought it'd be. Mm-hmm. She That young Angela was played by 
Kaylee Cuoco. Which is crazy. I was like, really? I almost went back a third time to see if I could catch it, but it didn't. It didn't really register for me that that was Kaylee Cuoco. For our, for our listeners who, who have no idea who Kaylee Cuoco is, she becomes very famous roughly 25 years later. Is up being one of the highest paid actresses on TV for, on a, for a show minute. I do not watch. I There's 30 million people watch the show every week. I was not one of them. <laughs> they don't need us. <laughs> no, no, nor did I know anybody that watched that show, The Big Bang Theory, but it was quite popular. So for me, I am a complete nerd about timetables mm-hmm. in, in shows, whether or not they get something right right or something wrong or whether it's not as fabricated. Very obvious that the show is written by, at the time the show was airing, went by like 40-year-old white people because like <laughs> they're the only ones in the 90s who would really give a shit about the Grateful Dead. Oh my God, the Dead's playing. Blah, 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 yeah. blah. Like who gives a fuck? It's the Grateful Dead. Angela certainly didn't. And she didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I wouldn't give it a fuck either. But it is some research about the Grateful Dead and their tours in 94 and 93. So this episode aired in September of 1994, which is odd because um, Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead, he actually dies the very next year in August Oh, I, I thought you were going to say he had already died. No, 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 no. It was like, <laughs> so this would have been Graham's last opportunity to see oh. that that incarnation of the dead. So that I, I'm sure he would have been pissed off about that had this been like a true story. The dead played the Boston Garden in 94, the 27th the 28th, the 29th, the 1st, the 2nd, and the 3rd. They played the Spectrum October 5th, 6th, and 7th in Landover, Maryland, the 9th, 10th, and the 11th. Unfortunately, none of those days before that includes playing in Pittsburgh in 1994. <laughs> it's going to be a, like a road trip. Yeah. Stay over trip for them. They did play in 93, a show that they probably could have saw, maybe if the dead had come back. They played in uh, Richville, Ohio, which is an hour and 45 minutes mm. outside of Pittsburgh. They played there in 93. Um, maybe uh, when they wrote this, it was nice. That's what I was thinking. Is, I mean, they wrote this it's like it'd have been rich for a while that they therefore mentioned dead show. Uh, I have never seen the dead, but I do remember the last tour because I was in high school again. I, I'm the same age as characters on the show in 1974. The dead played at RFK the week after my sophomore year in 1994. Mm. And the reason why I remember that so well is because Heidi Belcher was asking Quasi Wesselhoff in my uh, whatever class we had together to go see the dead. And Heidi Belcher, very much like a Rand Graf in my memory, she's very getting a lot like of shout outs on this. Heidi Belcher, shout out, shout out to Heidi Belcher. <laughs> Sure. She doesn't remember me, but I remember her. So the, the concert that, that ran and Graham bond over. Oh, can <laughs> I? <laughs> Did you catch I some was, weird vibes in that kitchen? I was very uncomfortable when he came into the kitchen. It seemed like he was flirting with Rayanne. And there I was is, uncomfortable. <laughs> there was definitely like a Kevin Spacey fucking, what, what is that movie? American Beauty. American Beauty thing, John and that. And I was like, oh man, I did not sign up for that. It was icky. I was grossed really out. <laughs> I, was, I probably wouldn't have a second thought about it if Graham has not been shown every single time to be the biggest loser on the face of the right. planet. So <laughs> it's his own fault that I felt extremely weirded out by that scene. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I thought about, like, if we had to get him, like, three weeks to Graham being kind of like, oh, this guy's the worst. <laughs> and the fact that we've seen, we've both seen American Beauty. <laughs> <laughs> I was catching some weird, weird vibes of, like, and they bonded over, like, that Grateful Dead show. Which is like uh, Rand talks about having like a bootleg of Stanford 1971, which oddly enough I found. My Grateful Dead played Stanford in 1971 on October 3rd. I didn't check out the set list. I didn't do that deep a dive. That would have been <laughs> but they closed with Cosmic Charlie, uh, and Graham was like, "I was there." And I, I bet you, if Angela had been there, that could have been a very much like a yeah. It was 
It was gross. Even Angela's face. Because there's the voiceover where she says, how do you deal with losing trust in the person that you trust most? It was... Ugh. Yeah, no, that was it was it was kind of grody. Not gonna lie, not gonna lie. It was like because I was there. I was yeah, like, I was okay, there. Graham, go away. Yeah. Why are you hanging out here? Another thing that I thought was kind of weird was like again, like clearly a show written by forty year old white people who are talking about nostalgic time. At no mention today, talk about the Grateful Dead being kind of a drug band. Well, it's ABC. Yeah, but I mean, like <laughs> that should have been the, the main reason why they would they shouldn't have let her go to that concert. Not well, because Patty it was didn't. Want her to go. Yeah, it was like shout out to Patty. <laughs> I didn't know what time it was. She was like the only person with sense. Really, it, she really was. It was like at no point was like the bitch was like grandpa. This was like oh yeah. When he talked about it, it was like one of the top eight moments of my life. He was like probably don't I remind you're 15 years old. <laughs> what are the other seven? That's what That's I. That's what I wanted to know. Wanted was like, to- Getting married. <laughs> Almost cheating on your wife. Yeah. Your <laughs> that ranks children. in the top three. I mean, it's like, what else you got? Because the top eight, he said eight, which I was like, what? Eight <laughs> moments or eight moments in your life? Anyway, like sucks. I thought that was really odd that nobody mentioned that they're grateful. Everybody knows that what happens to dead shows is drugs. Even I knew that as yeah. a 12-year-old. Uh, one of the things that I also have, let's, do, let's, let's talk about Chuck for a second. Chuck Wood, uh, Patty's Grandpa. father. Grandpa. Uh, did you think it was weird that Patty calls him daddy? Um, <laughs> yes. I stopped referring to my dad as that probably when I hit five years old. Mm-hmm. I find it gross. I mean, I just, I, I find it super weird and super gross, but do do you, I guess. I didn't like it. I thought it was weird. In fact, I think I have right here, Patty says daddy in quotations, gross. Um, <laughs> that's in my notes. That's in my notes. I'll show you my notes. I'll show you my notes. Um, <laughs> no, I just, I was kind of like, wait, what? She does mention like whenever she talks to him, she feels like an eight year old. Old. Like an eight-year-old again. She does say dad at the end. That's that's how you know it's serious. Yeah, it's like dad. I was like, I did enjoy the fact that she did say dad. I was like, oh my. There's some growth. So I have notes about every note pretty much starts out with grandpa sucks. <laughs> he obviously doesn't like the fact that Patty is running the printing shop. And she took over because he had a heart attack, probably from eating those chili fries all the time. <laughs> he says something along the lines of don't send a woman to do a man's job about the audit. Get excited about talking about how much Chuck sucks. Chuck is from like a different era. He does have that. Graham does too. So what was that, Chuck? Yeah. I mean, shout, shout out to Graham. Shout out to Graham for knowing that that Chuck sucks. But I mean. Three times. We'll, we'll give we'll give Graham. We'll give you we'll give like a patch. You still have my big winner. I have, I have a very clear big winner this week. Same. Graham seemed jealous when Angela was hugging her grandpa. It's weird. There's a weird, got a weird relationship as far as like, I don't I don't know if they understood the tone of what that character should be. I, I mean, if this was their intention tension yikes but <laughs> maybe they sh- should have had someone else write Graham's character maybe I mean like it's, it's always important to have diverse writers rooms and to make sure you have like people who can actually tell their story as along with like help with telling other people's stories people that they're not familiar I just get with. the impression that the people that wrote Graham had no understanding of a father daughter relationship and put a weird sexual vibe on it <laughs> it's it's bizarre like him being getting up it's like she just like she should barely even talk to yeah. me. Yeah, she looks at me with silent contempt. It's like, well, you suck. So I yeah. mean, <laughs> I, also, I agree. There is no part of there's no part of like him going. Oh, there was that one time I was on the phone, clearly talking to some <laughs> yes, woman, and, and I turned around and my daughter was there hearing that, and she was right there. I tell you one thing. Like, so we've had some cringe moments on the show. I think one of the cringiest moments is when she's looking through his mm. stuff and he catches her. Yeah, I'm looking for my homework. It's like even I was like. Mm. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. I thought the to be honest, the part to be honest, the part that grossed me out the most was when Graham was with the youngest daughter, Danielle. Is that her name? Um, yeah. on the couch yeah, yeah. and he's like reading to her and she's like, Oh, you're, you're like your whiskers. Your, your stubble is tickly. And I was ah. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I, I could feel my soul leaving my body. It's like yeah, yeah. so grossed out. I don't know. The way that they have written him is weird. And it just adds this weirdness to every interaction he has with like a woman that's related to him. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I mean, like even like his interactions with Patty. I mean, like we had a couple episodes ago when she's like, you don't even kiss me before we go to mm-hmm. go to work. He's like, I'm going to see you in 40 minutes. And he goes, as if it's going to lead yeah. to something. Like, <laughs> There's a moment where they're in bed together in this episode and Patty's talking about basically like how awful her life is right now because of the audit and her dad and like Graham like climbs on top of her and starts like kissing yeah. her and she was like oh this my misery is gonna turn on for you and he's like oh I like it when you actually need my help Ugh, yeah, yeah chunks it's weird. blowing it's weird. chunks <laughs> <laughs> it's real weird I had that in my notes I was like that's weird Graham not, 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 not too he good he is so desperate to be it seems the man of the house and I think he feels I don't know emasculated because his wife runs the mm-hmm. business mm-hmm. and obviously is the smarter of the two. Right, he works Yeah, for but it's, I don't, he's so insecure that he just ends up being probably one of the worst people, if not the worst person on the show. He's He's got a, he's got a bit of a wet blanket vibe, but he's also super douchey. Like, I'm like, what is your fucking problem? Also, I think, I think my dad would have been relieved to not have to talk to my sisters, quite honestly, especially when they're like 15 <laughs> and 16 years old. <laughs> he's like, thank God. I, I have my dad as a teacher in seventh and eighth grade, so, oh, so you it was to, pretty did, awful. Did you guys ride to school together? <laughs> it was awful. I don't have like, have- like if I could have just gone a whole day without not talking to him, it would have been fine for me. So we have been jumping around on uh, our big winners and losers. Give me your big loser first, because I have a very, very big loser. Chuck. Chuck is yeah. your big loser. All right, walk me through it. He... Hey, he's defrauding the company. He's the reason they're being audited. He's sexist because he doesn't think his daughter can run the business. The only redeeming quality about him is that he doesn't seem to like Graham. I mean, he he doesn't at all. So, I mean, I don't really think that I can't really factor that in because I'm biased. I just think that he sucks. He sucks more to me in this episode than Graham, which was a feat because Graham Mm -hmm. always sucks. I just I just felt like the sexism and everything made the sexism has that age well it's kind of tough I mean but he's of, of an era he cannot stand Graham and I think the reason why is because Graham works for his <laughs> daughter and it's like what kind of a man Probably, works for yeah. a woman is like that, that's what the vibes that I'm getting from so he definitely sucks at not for him I'm gonna go with a different one my big loser this week is oddly enough Angela she does suck in this episode this is not a good Angela episode at no point was she like oh thank you this is awesome Grateful Dead tickets <laughs> little does she know that Jerry Garcia dies the very next she year she could have so. just said this last oh cool thanks and then did she sells the Grateful Dead tickets for a mere $120 30 of which goes to Jordan to pay for the yeah. fake ID and she really only yeah, exactly. I think pulled out the 
tickets to talk to Jordan. So Ricky was to very perceptive Jordan. of noticing oh, that totally. when he asked, why did you sell the tickets? Was it because he wanted to talk to Jordan? I think you could, you could sell those tickets if you were if you were really looking to sell them, Grateful Dead tickets, to a stadium show in 1994 for a couple well, of Well, Jordan's dumb. Dead. Yeah, Jordan's real dumb. He's like, whatever. <laughs> Angela man. doesn't know, I guess, the value of Grateful Dead tickets at that time. So. She doesn't. Another, another reason why Angela's a big loser, looking through her dad's stuff. <laughs> you never looked through your dad's stuff? No. I was siphoning quarters out also, of his piggy bank. Really? <laughs> yeah. I would also know better not to look through like a briefcase or something ridiculous like that. I found out to be kind of, I was, I was, I actually literally went, oh man. Cause he like, he actually sits here and watches her and she says in a voice, I don't even know what I was looking for. Just going What's through worse, her, her doing it or him standing there for a few minutes watching her do it? <laughs> her doing it. What the fuck? I'm an adult. Don't look through my Lock shit. Lock it up. Lock the briefcase up, Graham. He's not, I mean, he's not yeah. good at, I don't think, protecting his secrets. No, 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 no. He's, he's really bad at a lot of things. One of them is that. So Angela's my big loser. I think to sell the Grateful Dead tickets that in essence weren't even yours to begin with this kind of a shitty thing. And I think what it was, it was like, it was a triggering moment. I had a roommate who mm. lost his cell phone and I had an old cell phone. I was like, hey, dude, it's like, tell you what, if you, I've got my old cell phone, you could just have that. Uh, and then you'll have a phone. It was like, you just gotta go down to whatever and get it, whatever your service provider is and all the stuff. He's like, thank you, dude. You saved my, my butt because I really need a cell phone. He oh, actually then that's... sold that cell phone. <laughs> that's not great. You're, I helped how long were you roommates with them after that? Several years. Well, I mean, like probably like a year or two after that. But I was like, wait a second. I helped you out. And then you're going to make money off the fact that I helped you out? Not it was cool also enough. a triggering moment for Rayanne because yeah. obviously she does not have a father figure in her life. Or if she right. does, we're not getting like any hints of that. And she says, he gave them to you and to me. Mm-hmm. And to me. She had never been sort of given a gift by someone like a father figure in her life. Right, and it's right. a little sad because Graham sucks. So, yeah, no, but sure. in the bathroom when they're making up and Angela says, you don't know everything about my dad. I caught him talking to a 20 year old woman that night after the club. And Rayanne says something along the lines of, yeah, but you have the type of dad that will give you dead tickets. And that's all that matters. Rayanne, that's not all that matters. <laughs> It really does. She has such I thought a that was a skewed very, I, view of what a father should be or a parent in general, probably. That is, that is such a poorly written line, too. I think there's way better ways to have said that without saying yeah. that line. Yeah. I, I, it was one of the things I it was like. It made me not what? feel that bad for her. I was feeling bad. Yeah. And then when she said that, I was just like, ugh, way to go. Because she, bef- earlier she had talked about how Angela's dad was cute, attractive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're 15 years old. All right, Megan, we've done the bad. Let's do some good here. Who was your big winner on this episode? Patty. Oh, <laughs> that is my big winner too. She understands how to run a business. She does. She deals with the IRS audit. She's like, we're just going to pay. We're just going to pay you the back taxes. And her dad's, her dad says, you're trying to sell me down the river. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no, she's trying to probably keep you out of prison. I don't know what, what sort of tax fraud, you know, what the punishment for tax fraud was in 94, but I mean, she has a grasp of a 15-year-old probably shouldn't go to a concert on a school night <laughs> where there's mm-hmm. a bunch of adults. It's not even, mm-hmm. it's not like it was a Taylor Swift concert that she's going to. She's going, it would be a Grateful Dead concert where there'd be drugs. And when Graham tells her, oh, Rayanne's mom is going and Patty says, of course she is. She's probably going to meet up with Heidi Flyer. 
It's a very 90s <laughs> reference. so yes. good. But near the end, she basically puts Graham in her place saying you can't hold it against Angela for growing up and wanting to, you know, maybe not talk to you, have her own opinions mm-hmm. on things. You can't hold that against her mm-hmm. because Graham was acting like a child, giving her the silent treatment, mm-hmm. psychotic behavior from uh, her a, father. No, I, absolutely. Like Patty is my my big winner too. Along with the stuff that you mentioned, I mentioned a couple of things that I thoroughly enjoyed. When Graham was to watch television, and it's clearly that they're they're talking about Jay Leno because Jay Leno took over from Johnny. Yeah. He's like, I miss Johnny, married to all those Joannas, which I thought was a great line. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Johnny Carson had uh, three wives, a Joanna, a Joanne, and, and a Jody, which I thought was a great, great, great line. So shout out to the writer team for that line because I thought that was very funny. And I'm going to like uh, say a little weird, something weird. I found her kind of sexy in this episode when she crawls across the table and she tells Graham, tell me you did not just plan a Grateful Dead concert <laughs> on the Thursday that <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the only way to get Graham to listen. Flittering like, across the table. Said, I know this motherfucker. Yeah, I know this motherfucker to do this shit. What's wrong with him? So shout out to, to both uh, our, our big winners, uh, Patty Chase. That was an A++ effort, uh, effort by... Uh, let's talk about best fit. I actually got a lot of good things in the running. What were some of your favorite outfits in this episode? So my top outfit was Patty. <laughs> in the kitchen, near the end of the episode, in the kitchen, she's wearing a black blazer, a striped, thin striped, um, black and tan shirt, and then, you know, black trousers. Mm-hmm. And that's like an elite outfit for me. So <laughs> Patty, Patty wins on all fronts this episode. She does. She does. Uh, I'm going to shout out a couple of different things, but there's one thing I thoroughly enjoyed. Ricky's jacket. <laughs> I'm not really sure what what uh, what what was on it, but it looked like the jacket from Drive with like the uh, mm-hmm. like, like dragons. Like when she's like talking about the fence. Yeah, I like that fit. I I don't sleep on Krakow's sweater. <laughs> I thought that when, shit was when fire. he gave it to her and he's like, "Don't sweat in it." <laughs> Angela's like, "Why do you have to say things like that?" Exactly. She's like, uh, also, like, uh, Krakow has some good barbs in this episode. It's like, uh, are you meeting Jordan here? <laughs> I mean, A, it's none of your business, Krakow. But when he says yeah. his parents would probably be audited by the IRS for having perfect penmanship on their on their right. forms. But the one thing I thought was kind of tight, and I'm not even a... I, first off, I hate the Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> um, uh, I, I'm a Washington Capitals fan. I did kind of dig Graham's 1994 Pittsburgh Penguins mm. hat. That that was pretty tight when it was when he's fixing the gutters <laughs> on the roof. I was like, that's very, very, very nice, nice, nice. So now we're at that scene in the uh, in the episode. We have to talk about Angela's music yes. choices. I was sort of taken aback because, like, again, 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 I, I said this every episode, at least twice an episode, that I am the same age as the characters in mm-hmm. the show. Uh, I am 16 years old in 1994. Uh, the bands that she mentioned: Smashing Pumpkins, Rage Against the Machine, Porno for Pyros. Stone Temple Pilots and Billy Holiday. All right, so we're gonna take Billy Holiday One of those out of things the. Is not like the other. Of the <laughs> yeah, we'll take that out of it because, like, whatever. That's it's fine. Smashing Pumpkins are their album before 1994. The Siamese Dream, which comes out in 1993. Rage Against the Machine's record that comes out before 1994 is Rage Against the Machine is self-titled. Porno for Pyros doesn't have an album yet. I think their album comes out during the uh, during Woodstock '94, mm-hmm. but their big song was Pets and. STP had two records before 94, Core, which comes out in 92, and Purple, which comes out in 94. Now, this would have been a good time to maybe ask a 15-year-old girl in 1994 what she probably listened to. Because Siamese Dream, maybe. Yeah, I could, that kind of makes sense. Smashing Pumpkins, I'll give you that. Rage Against the Machine, absolutely not. 
What are your thoughts? I mean, I think you're... I think, papyros, maybe? <laughs> I mean, I think you're being a little harsh on what teen girls would have. There's no, a possibility like, that she liked it. I'm just saying, like, it's not even... <laughs> I'm just saying you can't say that just because she's a 15-year-old girl or Angela Chase that she wouldn't like. My only pushback is there's so many other better albums that came out and bands that she could have been... that I would have made more sense that she okay. liked. In 94. Oasis definitely maybe comes out in 94. Blur, Park Live comes out in 94. Holes, Live Through This comes out in 94. Bex, Mellow Gold comes out in 94. Tori Amos, Under the Pink comes out in 94. Now, I'd say it was like... The writers were probably seeing what bands they were listening to. I have a feeling. And I was like, it's like, and let's just say it was like, all right, well, it was like, would have made more sense for it been 93. I mean, a list of bands of albums that comes out in 93, that would have made more sense. It's like, Pablo Honey by Radiohead comes out in 93. Gentleman by the Afghan Wig comes out in 93. See, Accident Guy Vogue comes out of 93 that would have been a perfect opportunity for her to be like oh my joy i love liz fair but i think what they wanted to do is they added porno for pyros to sort of have ram have that great line which i thought was a great line it was like oh i bought the christmas album mm. that's the reason why you have those but it was like oh yeah, yeah 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 i don't know that was like the music choices up until this episode have been pretty fire and i thought they they missed an opportunity to sort of put a shine on a bunch of cool bands that i think she probably the cranberries came out yeah before it would have been way cooler if she said that i wonder if the if they asked her what band she like Claire Danes. I wonder if they asked Claire Danes what she liked. I mean, she's the age of like character in the show. I mean, that would have made more sense. They probably did. <laughs> it's just that I'm like, it's like it's some 28 like, year old white guy writing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they asked probably like a 28 year old PA white guy. I was like, well, what, what bands do you like right now? I know Porno for Pyros, Rage Kiss Machine. Cool, 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 cool. Porno <laughs> for Pyros, though. Ugh. I listened to that song last night to prep for this. Pets will yeah. make great pets. We'll make great pets. <laughs> we skipped over, you briefly mentioned it. Um, um, the scene at the fence, Ricky's outfit. But you, we skipped over that conversation between him and Angela where he asks her why she mm -hmm. sold it. Was she mad at her dad? And he said, sometimes when I'm mad at my dad, who is his uncle who raised him. It really is my uncle, yeah. Strong Ricky performance this week. If he gives me something, I can't open it. But I'm scared of him. He's knocked, he's like broken down my door before. And Angela says, my dad always knocks. And then Ricky's like, I figured, why didn't Angela Angela asked if Ricky was okay. That's a big thing for someone, your friend to tell you, my dad mm -hmm. breaks down my door. I'm scared of him. Mm -hmm. Why aren't you asking your friend if they're okay? So Angela, yeah. <laughs> Angela sucks for that. Yeah, no, I mean, like, she's a big loser for, for me. I mean, like, she totally no-sold that comp. She, that she was like, oh, no, I got problems at home. No-sold it. Like, in pro wrestling, it was like, when you no-sell it, then she totally yeah, no-sold She that. really did not. She really <laughs> did not even care what Ricky had to say in that moment. Yeah. It almost seems a little one-sided where... Their friendship? She's learning <laughs> yes. a lot from Rayanne, actually. Where Angela's getting more out of Ricky than Ricky is getting out of Angela. Oh, totally. Which is depressing, but it's high school, yeah. so you can't... Yeah, and I mean, I guess they're trying to tell, like, a, the one story anyway. Um, yeah, Angela is the, is, does suck in this episode. Every episode has a, has their, their needle drop moment. This wasn't a very big music episode. I mean, when they talked about music, talking about the Grateful Dead, but you don't hear a lot of music playing. The band, of course, that Graham is listening to when he's fixing a roof is, of course, the aforementioned Grateful Dead. And the song is mm. Althea from the 1980 Go to Heaven record, which I thought was an odd choice. Um, because I'm a bit of a music nerd. If he was like a big Grateful Dead fan, a 1980s Grateful Dead song would not be the song he would be listening to. It'd be something from, it'd be something from the 70s. Because that song didn't come out until eight years after he saw them 
Just, just when he is fixing the gutter, he tries to get Brian to help him. Yeah, and that was pretty funny. Brian rollerblades away, and Graham says, "Oh, I'm too busy to help you. I'm busy thinking about your daughter naked," which is another Graham yeah. moment. <laughs> yeah, they were trying to pack in a bunch of Graham moments. Less Graham. So- if you were to give a letter grade to this episode, no, we haven't done this before, but I'm gonna let you give you a, give a letter grade to this episode because you were not a fan. What a would you give? D it? plus, D plus, D plus. I'm a, I I came around. I'm gonna give it a C of the episodes that we have seen so far. This is the weakest. It was a clunker for but I think for me. Maybe if I watch it a third time, it'll come around. But yeah, it, it does further further a storyline, which is like. But Graham's, they're really uh, slow walking that storyline. And it's like they are because it's the first time they've mentioned this. Get to it or stop doing it because at this point it's too much of what is happening. Mm -hmm. It's too much Graham. Yeah. So because our podcast is called No Season Two, had there been a season two on this podcast, so we're going to bring this up again at when we finish the season. It's like, what do you think would have happened with Graham had there been a? What do I think would have happened with Graham? He'd be living with Neil. Yeah. He'd be living with his brother Neil. As as there be (laughs) bachelors. bachelors I think at that time, Patty would have recognized that she had had enough and she doesn't need to be with this loser. Fair enough. Well, Meg, that's a good way to end. Let's, we have episode five next week. What are your predictions for <laughs> Well, next I do episode? know what episode is coming up. You do? I still don't know what episode's coming Angela up. Angela has a zit, so I think that's a major. It's, oh, a, zit it's episode. a zit episode. I think it's going to be more teen-focused. Please, God, let it be more well, teen-focused because I can't, hand, I can't we, handle this. Yeah, if it's, even though this is an adult uh, episode, there was enough of the kids. Not not too much, but there was enough of the kids that I wasn't, wasn't I was taken off. off. I was like, oh, come on, let's, let's yeah. get, let's move this a lot. <laughs> yeah. We'll be talking about the zit next week. So Megan, always love to see I you. can't wait to get back here next Sunday and talk about something that maybe isn't Graham, possibly. <laughs> <laughs>